Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Fast and Furious Presents The Pacifier. My name's Adam Zadorius. I'm Kira, and it took you a minute to come up with that? Well, because I was coming up... Well, okay, first of all, you didn't come up with anything, so I don't really want to hear it from you this week. Uh, (laughs) Second of all, I was just trying to find an innocent one that met your standards. So we... I was pretty pleased with the intro, but whatever. Yeah. Patreon subscribers, um, sound off in the comments if you liked it too. Yeah. So, uh, happy 100th episode, Adam. I forgot. Wow. I, I did remember like a week ago, but I forgot today that it was the 100th episode. Yeah, wow. I can't believe it's been a hundred Skype calls since we decided to watch RV that day. To be fair, there have been more Skype calls. It's just this is the hundredth movie we've covered. True. Yeah. But if but yeah, I mean that's not nothing. That's a hundred movies we've watched. That's a lot of time consumed for this podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Wacky. So. <laughs> When I said we got to do something special for the 100th episode, you said the pacifier. <laughs> well, um, I sent you the euphoria meme. Bitch, you better be joking. <laughs> well, can can I make a case for this movie real quick? Um, well, I just want to say that I take it back because I think it's a fitting one for the 100th episode. What is your case for the movie? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's a, it's a fitting movie because I think. For for a lot of reasons that I think this pod will cover, but uh, just to start it off, uh, on the one <laughs> on the very obvious side of this, uh, we have the Vin Diesel shaped elephant in the room, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the Toretto shaped elephant in the room, because um, if you have tuned into literally any episode in the past, if you know me in any way, shape, or form, you know uh, my love for one Vincent Diesel. Mr. Mark, Mark Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah. Um, I am directly uh, staring at the coffee mug that Kira gave me that's on my desk. Um, can you please read that coffee mug? Uh, it is too far away and I don't have my glasses, but oh, um, yeah. you got to uh, do like a dramatic reading of it one day because it's great. I'll do a next episode if you remind me. Cool. Um, yeah. But, um, well, no, wait, Lifetime I, I Achievement mean, Award winner, right? For this past year? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this was, like, his in-between movie. Like, this is the movie he did before he came back to Fast and Furious in 2009, but it was mm-hmm. right after, like, a few years after the first movie. Um, and I think in that sense, it's very fitting for my bullshit. But something that I noticed while watching the movie is that this is, like, literally the epitome of everything Z-Canon. Everything about this movie is Z-Canon in one way or another weird subtext kids weird pets uh man taking care of children uh minivans assassins military uh, propaganda military propaganda um weird out of place like government scenes with lawyers that is there for like kids to go take a bathroom break during like <laughs> it's it, like it's literally i cannot think of a more I'm not saying it's the best movie we've covered, not by a long shot, but in terms of what this podcast is supposed to be, this mm-hmm. check kind of all, unless I'm missing a box, this checks all the boxes. And you know what? It's a good yeah. movie. I I have some um, 
ideas of how I could tweak it to make it a better movie. But as it stands, um, it's really good. Uh, right down to the everyday superhero uh, song inclusion, which I feel was in every kid's movie in 2005. Um, yeah. This movie's wild. Uh, it, it just like thematically, narratively, this movie is. I forgot how weird this movie is at times. Yeah. So, um, spies in general are just so Z canon. And he's not even like a spy, I guess. He's just kind of like an undercover, like Navy SEAL. Well, that's what Navy SEALs do. They do like. Well. Missions. Sorry. Um, Kira's like, sorry that I don't know what uh, <laughs> things do. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> they really yeah, it, do be doing that. Um, yeah, it starts off with like a almost triple X type mission. Like he's on a jet ski. Uh, this this is not your t- this is not your dad's Disney movie, guys. There's a there's a wacky spy subplot. Then no, it, I mean they're like it is. This one's for the dads. To this take their kids too. Well, it starts off that way, and then it turns out it's for everybody. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this one it starts off weirder than I thought, um, and I love how quick it just moves through that. Like in ten minutes, you have the opening action scene. You meet the father. Mm-hmm. And there's a clue that he, the guy, the, the Vin Diesel is going to meet his family, where he shows him the picture, and he's like, "Oh, you would love my family if you ever met them one day." And Foreshadowing. Goes, and the diesel goes, Ooh. I doubt it. And just like, <laughs> I fucking died. <laughs> um, he wakes up in a hospital, he gets discharged, and he uh like and then like in ten minutes he's already at the family's house. Mm-hmm. And it's the family's grieving. And it's like what this is like whiplash, like narrative whiplash. And I think for the first ten minutes I was kind of nervous that this movie was not what I remembered it to be. But once you get to the house and the kids shit starts happening, I kind of like this movie. Yeah. Um, so when he arrives to the house, um, the weird younger sister who's like a middle child kind of is millennial canon. And especially when she opens the door, screams and slams the door in his face. Screaming <laughs> in somebody's face is millennial canon. Just unexplained, you know. I love that. Um, weird nanny who is from like a different country and the entire joke of the character some random that... woman named helga is millennial canon yeah like random woman named helga like she has frizzy hair she looks like she hasn't slept in five days um carol Kane. uh stinky diapers rz <laughs> canon there's so many stinky diapies in this movie exactly uh, i i was kind of grossed out a little bit at points like they yeah they go for it with the with the diapies i don't like poop stuff <laughs> i think that's um, gross which is well, why i'm not participating in the jackass resurgence um well that's sad for you but i know it really is it really is <laughs> i feel like i brought this up last week i'm shocked that you didn't make me watch that um because i feel like you would have given me shit if i did um, but that being said, if Jackass 5 comes out, you can bet your ass we're going to watch it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, for, this one's wild. This is a wild ass movie. Like, the fucking duck, like, that's like the Yeah, a random thing. pet. Yeah. Yeah, like, but a duck? 
The thing is, is that the duck is like, he just like disappears for the entire movie. Like he only pops up when like, it's just like, oh, right. We have a pet and he's a duck. (laughs) Yeah, there's like, he was featured heavily in the marketing, I remember. Um, Yeah. And I also feel he's like literally he's on the poster. I feel like he's Chekhov's duck because every important plot point of this movie can be counted back to the duck. And <laughs> especially at the end when he finds a secret layer, it's only because the duck gets his stupid webbed foot caught in like the, the like little secret door. Like the entire plot of this movie hinges on the fucking duck. Like it. <laughs> there was so a funny. shot though that was very charming where Vin Diesel is just like sitting down. I think he's, like, drinking, like, a juice box. And then, like, the duck is just, like, sitting next to him. Like, yeah, they're just, like, I, vibing uh, together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that shot. Yeah, um, I also, I like that reoccurring gag, too. Like, he's just, in, like, most scenes, he has a juice box. Like, in most yeah. scenes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of like that. Like, I remember when I used to babysit, like, it would just kind of be, like, the kids are napping and you have nothing to do. So, like, you just eat their snacks. Yeah. And not even not even that you're like not allowed to. Like literally the parents will be like, You can eat whatever you want and it's just like I have no idea what to do right now. So you just like drink a juice box. Yeah. Uh, juice box, goldfish, and fruit gummies were usually yeah. mine. Whenever I had to watch a kid. Um Dinosaur chicken nuggets. Also string uh, cheese sticks. That, that was something. Oh my god, maybe I it, love string cheese, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just the kid that I watched, but um, yeah, I, I fucked up those uh, cheese sticks. Like, I, I remember one night I felt bad. I ate, like, three, and I was like, oh, shit, they didn't want me to eat that many. But um... <laughs> <laughs> this is literally the kid's, like, school lunch for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm like, fuck, dude, he's going to go to Publix later. He's going to go pick up some more. I can't. <laughs> um, uh, but I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. Do you have memories of the first time that you saw this movie? Uh, Not the f- first time um so i feel like i say this for every single movie but i thought that i didn't remember this movie that well but somehow i knew every single thing about it and every Mm -hmm. single thing that happened um the main memory that stuck out in my head was the subplot which was barely a subplot of them thinking that the son was a nazi yeah that was like the main thing that I remembered because I was like, how did they do that in a Disney movie? This is a very but, um, post 9-11 movie and that will only make sense to you if it makes sense to you. I have to say, though, like we'll probably come back to it, but I feel like that was handled like a lot better than it could have been. It was kind of endearing at points where it's like... Um, he like defends the kid for like being in the theater where Brad Garrett's character is kind of like dismissing his interest no, in theater. Not even, like, not even that, but like, I mean, like there being a joke where they think that the kid is a Nazi. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I still think that in the grand scheme of things is like kind of weird. Like why even do it? Well, like, I just feel be like, like, why did you dye your hair blonde? That could have just been it, but they had to bring out the swastika. And then, like, the weirdest <laughs> shot in the movie is when he's, like, fucking meeting up with the kids in the alley. As yeah. if he's, like, and they're all wearing swastikas. I'm like, okay, if call me crazy, but if I was playing Friedrich in The Sound of Music, I would not, like, wear the swastika outside of that general show. I would not take it to school with me. I would not I would not ha- proudly wear it on my fucking arm. I would not go into a creepy alley with smoke blowing out and just have a conversation with three other men wearing swastikas. Okay. I, 
like put it on when I'm on stage. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I have to say, I think that waiting, like they didn't extend the punchline long enough or like the reveal long enough that it was like uncomfortable or like weird as hell. Like, I think they, like, revealed it just quick enough that it's not, like, what the fuck? It, the scene in the principal's office, like, I thought was kind of funny because he just, like, kind of, Vincent, I was gonna say Vincent Diesel. Vincent? Vincent Diesel. Uh, Vin Diesel just, like, dismisses it. He's like, he dyed his hair. He's not a Nazi. And then he's like, and I'm like, dude, he has a swastika. What are you talking? It's, that's, that's not what they're talking about. It's not the hair. It's the fact that he has a swastika. Like, I mean, I get I, I understand he likes the kid and everything, but it's like it is cause for concern. Like it is a little bit concerning. Um, I, yeah, I thought that was just kind of awkwardly handled. There's a few things in this movie that I thought were awkwardly handled, but for the most part, I thought it was all pretty fun. Um, the military propaganda was the part that I was worried about going into because that's the part that I remembered about this movie, and I don't think it's that bad. Like it's not. I've seen far worse. <laughs> Like, I feel like um, rather than it being necessarily like patriotic, it's just more so like strength and honor. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it is about drive and power, and they do stay hungry and they do devour. Um, but <laughs> my uh, my memories of seeing this movie, I think this is a very Z canon memory. Um, I went to an early screening of this movie back when I was like it was 2005, so I was like seven at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to an early screening of it because my mom's friend, she used to work at Radio Disney. So she just like gave us free passes to like the screenings for all the Disney movies. Um, but I remember it was like on a Saturday morning and my mom had to like wake my ass up to go to it. Um, and if I remember correctly, I mean, I know I loved it, obviously, because, you know, I loved Fast and Furious at that age and um, I don't know, like, obviously, like, I'm gonna like the new Vin Diesel Disney movie, but I think my mom liked it, too, I think, and then I remember distinctly us buying it on DVD later, and I, I've seen it several times, like, this is a movie that not only, like, was replayed at the Sidarius household, um, and at school, this is a very school movie, I mm-hmm. remember, like, it played at my, uh, middle and elementary school a lot, um, but also, I feel like it was on ABC Family quite a bit. I um, think that's where I watched it. Maybe even, like, TBS, too. Like, maybe it was, like, syndicated a little bit. But, um, no, I remember, like, it just an equal measure. Like, I saw this a lot in my life. Like, <laughs> like uh, on cable, at school, at my own leisure, on my DVD. Like, it, it was always around. Um, and, yeah, like, I remember everything about this movie. <laughs> like, I almost didn't have to rewatch it today. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, I don't even know where to begin with this. Should we go, like, in in order? (laughs) Well, there's not really an order. I mean, I guess there is kind of an order to go to, because I think another thing that Selenial canon is that, like, when he first gets there, he does not hit it off with the kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, The kids fucking hate him when he first gets there and mm-hmm. what i would say is the lineal canon are the kids like scheming up a way to get him out of the house which involves like uh poop and slipping and falling and embarrassing himself in front of other adults 
mm-hmm. and making him feel stupid and demasculated. Um, like the whole like stop copying me thing <laughs> is very Zillennial canon. Um, dude, like there's a fucking there could be like a fucking text about like how many things this check marks. Uh, it's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, um, I think Girl Scouts getting violent is Zillennial canon. Very Zillennial canon. I thought that scene was very funny, like genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, I thought the the part that made me laugh really fucking hard today was when, <laughs> when the fucking kids, they make the nanny like slip and fall. And mm-hmm. then like the nanny's like packing up her bags and leaving. And Vin Diesel's to like fucking wrestle her to get her to like stay and they're like fighting while he's on the phone with their mom and he's just like fucking like body slamming her down grabbing her legs like begging her to not leave (laughs) it's uh, it's genuinely really funny like physical comedy like it's really good yeah so speaking of like physicality um going back to the sound of music situation I really want Vin Diesel in a musical. Like, I feel like there are random, like, actors and, like, directors where I'm like, I can just tell that these people would make a really good musical. Like, I've felt that way about Steven Spielberg since I was a kid because of, like, the opening scene of Temple of Doom. I think that's the most well-directed scene in cinema history, but... Vin Diesel just has this certain charisma Hmm. and obviously choreography. He can handle choreography. Um, Obviously, we know (laughs) he's a musician. (laughs) (laughs) But I really think that he would be really good in a musical. I feel like he could easily do like a a Jean Valjean type beat or like a... uh... Um, I don't know, I'm thinking about like Richard Gere in Chicago or something like he mm-hmm. could easily do something along those lines where it's not like I, I would not put him in necessarily in like a greatest showman type movie um, or at least no, like, like, a, like, a, like I would say like a classic musical like yeah like an old Hollywood musical type yeah I mean he was, I think he was he, supposed to star in a Guys and Dolls remake well something about this movie I think I've always thought that he was a good actor because I think he genuinely does give a good performance in like every fast movie. Like people like like to mock those movies, obviously, but he always comes to play. Maybe more than he should, but he always comes to play. And I think this movie kind of shows that he has actual range. Like his comedic mm-hmm. timing is very on point. Like he has genuinely excellent comedic timing. Mm-hmm. And he also like really nails the um heartwarming scenes. Like, there's the scene, like, towards the end where, um, well, like, all of his heart-to-hearts with all the kids are great. Like, the Peter Panda dance scene where he's, like, tucking the kid in. Oh um, yeah. Great scene. Like, genuinely really good when he's talking to, like, Brittany Snow's character on the on the porch. Yeah, that's um, a really good scene. That's, great. like, when, that part is when I was, like, oh, yeah, this movie's really good. Yeah. Um, like, the way he, like, even like when he finds out that the kid is like doing the theater and um uh the son like thinks he's gonna get like upset or like mock him for it and he just is mm-hmm. like no that's like a, you're good at this you know yeah and such a like so many good moments but the part that really got me was like at the end 
when he's about to leave and he like hugs the little girl mm-hmm. and like it's a good moment it's like really good um and it makes me wonder why he didn't do more of these roles because i mean i know he's busy with fast and furious but there's a big gap between this and the next fast and furious movie um and i get that you don't want to like get known for like kids movies um that's something that the rock was starting to do and that's why he did fast and furious because he did like the game plan and the truth fairy back to back okay and he like he yeah. was really close to it <laughs> i feel like the best way to describe this era of movies is that the game plan was immediately recommended to me as the credits rolled yes yeah yeah it, it's a very <laughs> i mean i think i haven't seen the game plan in like forever but uh, i actually don't think i've ever rewatched the game plan i saw it in theaters but I don't remember it that well. I mean, from what I remember, it's not bad. No, I, I'm I don't. Not gonna, I'm not gonna get ahead of myself by saying that. We'll cover it one day. It's too Z yeah. candy not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, like I do think this is probably a better movie because like Vin Diesel's just a really good actor, and yeah. he sells this movie a lot. I think with a, like a lesser actor, like you could have easily gotten like any wrestling or macho guy in here and it probably would have been a worse movie for them. yeah i feel like the most i feel like we just keep listing what is z canon but i think honestly to sum it up the most z canon thing i could think of is just putting a huge buff guy in like <laughs> the middle of a situation just putting him in any situation making him like go and poop water to find a tracking device that is oh my not God stuck to any child that's (laughs) disgusting that scene that scene makes me gag however my favorite line i think in any film ever is no freestyling in the ball pool (laughs) (laughs) i I laughed at that too (laughs) but it's also the the added comedic effect of the guy what does he have on him um it's like a mouth guard like a braces yeah yeah Yeah, he's like no freestyle in the ball pool. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it was really good. Um, there's another thing that's very Z canon about this movie. And it's the fact that there's a love interest who has the same like shared life experience slash interest that he does. Um, although she doesn't seem like it. And it's her. Lauren Graham. And it's Lauren Graham. <laughs> and it's like the principal of the kids school. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always the it's it's like usually either the principal, vice principal, or a PTA mom. It's like one of the three. Or the teacher. Yeah, or the teacher. Yeah. yeah. Um. Sometimes the guidance counselor. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, this one like really did check all the boxes, and I I thought that part was funny. Like, it was the most like basic like just shoe and a romantic interest ever. Um. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was I thought it was amusing. Um, the Brad Garrett. I feel like shit. the love interest didn't need to be there. I feel like it was very like shoehorned in. Well, I feel like if this movie was made in like the '90s, um, you would not have had any of the like double-crossing North Korea subplot in the movie. True. <laughs> you would have just that, yeah. you genuinely would have just had like a John Hughes. T- if this movie was like made by John Hughes. It would have been a movie about, like, he does get called to, like, just mm-hmm. watch the kids. And the mom does go away on a business trip. But you don't see the mom until the very end of the movie. And mm-hmm. then he, like, he goes back home. And then he realizes that how much he missed the kids. And then he comes back. 
Mm-hmm. And then he like starts to think with mom, and he like says like, "Oh, I, I, I was late for picking you up for for lunch or something." And that's like he the marries end of the mom. Yeah, like that's how the that's how the '90s John like out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah, well, like, there's, like, little hints of it throughout the movie. Like, phone mm-hmm. calls. Like, a sleep- sleepless in Seattle type beat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how that's my rewrite of a 90s version of The Pacifier. <laughs> like, it, and I think it somehow would have made it a better movie. Because uh, I genuinely think if you, like, cut out some of the weird, like, military shit and... Because uh, that stuff's not necessary. But, mm-hmm. that being said, it's also the shit that keeps the canon. Because it's yeah. very post 9-11 Z canon cinema uh, it's very like uh stupid government some plot that does not have to be there but it, it's there for some reason um that the thing that was really jarring about this movie was that scene where the um you don't know it's the neighbors at the time but when the neighbors like come through the window and there's like that giant fight scene in the house and like somehow cops are not called like like the, the government is like not worried like he does not alert anybody like he's just, yeah. just like it's gonna be okay guys i'm like the fucking house is broken <laughs> they smashed everything what do you mean it's gonna be okay the house is broken <laughs> like they come in through the windows wait, they smash wait. all the pieces really quick yeah i haven't been on tiktok in a while but my favorite tiktok audio ever is oh no our table it's broken our table. Our table. It's broken. <laughs> Sorry, that um, just reminded me of uh of it. No, you're good. Um I just want to say I also teased uh Kira before we started recording that I saw something on, on Wikipedia that made me gasp a little bit. Um there's a category at the bottom that says possible sequel. And it's uh, and this is just it's one sentence. It says in December of 2015, <laughs> Vin Diesel said that a sequel was being written. So, um, Kira, I know you have sources at Disney as a stockholder, and I need you to uh, get an update for that for me. Okay. Because, um, I, I really, <laughs> I really need an update. I'll um, call up Bob and ask him. Uh, Roger Ebert did not like this movie. I see that. Uh, the this premise is promising, but somehow the movie never really takes off says ebert um i disagree <laughs> howie bling i disagree i disagree <laughs> um but like how weird is like the third act like when it goes to like that um like all that shit is like so bizarre <laughs> like there's a secret layer underneath the house yeah um, and there's like a blowtorch and um the I way did, to solve it is the panda dance. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. That's where it kind of loses steam, I think. I wouldn't say it loses steam per se, maybe in quality, but like I was never bored. Like it was mm-hmm. always like doing weird shit that I was kind of like, okay, interesting. But mm-hmm. like I, I cannot say that it like maintained the quality of the middle section of the movie mm-hmm. um but yeah that like shit at the end is really weird like also like there's like chemicals underneath the ground that he's gonna like burn him if he falls into it like lava <laughs> almost i'm like what i'm like what he's Wait, like a he's so like that's analyst. like that's like underneath their house right yeah that's what i'm saying like oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and the, no one ever found it 
and it's not like it's super well hidden. It's just like the duck got caught on it. So clearly like it's vis- like it's there. Like you can walk over it. Yeah. Um, did none of the kids or the wife ever question like what that weird thing in the garage is? <laughs> like <laughs> it was it, it's just really, really funny. Um the wife not knowing the password to their um their safety deposit box and uh I forgot what country they were in that he placed it at. Um, some foreign country that the like wife Switzerland to to. or something. I think that was it, Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're the whole like it's such a MacGuffin. It's like, oh, we can't give it to you unless you can tell us the password. And the wife, is, like, there's like three exposition scenes where she's just sitting there saying, "Oh, what's the password?" And the government guy's like, "Fuck if I know." And then the, the Switzerland guy's just like yeah yeah and just you know it's like like it's just three scenes of that until they get the combination i think Um, like we saw this in um catch that kid mm. it's like very z canon for like because it's like spy genre you know um yeah like the password to something being like something that is very like heartwarming and like being like my angel is that what it is in this movie yeah something like that yeah and then like um i don't even know like the kids names and stuff like that and like the peter panda dance the peter panda dance um that's iconic it really is i i think that was the one thing of this movie that was like forever engraved in my mind Anytime I thought about it, it was the Peter Panda dance. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but very specifically, Vin Diesel doing the Peter Panda dance in the room with the kid where he fully does it. Uh, it's very endearing. Um, another thing that Z Cannon is older sister who's learning how to drive. Yes. And, and is like really bad at doing it. Yeah. Um, just like Kira. Uh, and... No, like, I'm I'm not this bad. <laughs> like, I don't think it's possible to be this bad at driving. She's pretty bad. Um, and also, Slight Z Cannon is a kid in the backseat going, we're going to die when the sister gets in the driver's seat. I forgot that it was from this movie where she jumps out of the car and is like, land, sweet land. What? I feel like that was repeated <laughs> on the playground. That was... Um... There's that little girl. She's a good actress. Okay, um, yeah. I was going to bring that up. So, she looked so familiar to me. She's been in, like, three things. And then, yeah. like, never acted again. She was in Hannah Montana, which I think was what I recognized her the from. The show? Or the movie? Yeah, the show. Okay. Um, do you know who she was in the show or no? Um, she was... Um... Sarah, she was a recurring role oh, in season Sarah. one, two, three, and four. Keep talking um, like little Sarah. She was in Cheaper by the Dozen. Um, Only and the first basically, movie? and the second one. Basically, that's it. Who was she? Um, no, never mind. I'm not gonna know all twelve kids, so never mind. Um, I mean, I really. Oh, well, she's she 29 the... now. She got married in 2019. I'm going to look her up on Instagram. She, um, I didn't realize because when I, you said she was in Hannah Montana, I expected her to be like this, like little kid in that, like, um, Rico was, mm-hmm. but 
No, she's like the nerdy girl that like Jackson like, or she liked Jackson in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no clue that was her. Wow. Oh, she's so pretty. Yeah, I did see pictures of uh of her now. She wrote like fantasy novels. She's like a Twitch streamer. There's a um people.com expose on her. It said why uh Hannah Montana alum Morgan Your quit acting and there's like a whole article about her. But it, yeah, good for her. Yeah. I mean she's written she, a few books. Good. That's uh mm-hmm. I've always joked like that's kind of what I want to do. Like I want to do like two or three things that like make money and, and then just, just go be happy. Yeah, like go do whatever. Yeah. She like found him crossing. Um, I like always on the bios of former kid actors when it says that like former kid actor. Um, <laughs> those are always like the coolest people, the ones that like had one movie that's Z Cannon and then they like never did anything else again. Mm-hmm. Um, the bassist from School of Rock, mm-hmm. the girl one. Um, yeah, they're she, very cool. Yeah, she's cool. Uh, she's a good Twitter follow, but uh, yeah, no, that she has a very good. It's like one of the better kid performances we've seen in a while on this mm-hmm. pod, I think, because it's very easy for kids to like suck in a movie, because more than likely the reality is these kids don't want to be actors. Most of the time, the parents are like, "Hey, you should take up acting or something," yeah. or they don't. You're gonna be, or it's just like a cute kid, and they're like, "Well, <laughs> yeah, we might as like, well." <laughs> I feel like there was always like that innate thing with everyone our age where we saw those commercials of like, you can be on the Disney channel one day. And then we yeah. all kind of like, yeah, I could do that. So like, it's very possible to did think your, that like, a normal did your kid... local radio station have stuff like that? What? Like you could be on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. It was that. And also like, I saw it on like actual TV before, not on Disney mm-hmm. channel itself, but like, I remember like on ABC or like CBS or something like between news, like segments, there would be, like an actual um and i still see them on facebook sometimes or twitter like because that the motherfucker from zach and cody esteban he's always the guy that they advertise it's like you will do an audition next to esteban from zach and cody oh my god they don't even say his fucking name they just say esteban from zach and cody like he's been doing this for like i mean no shame to him but like they (laughs) he must have been doing this for like 20 years because i I swear i've seen him advertised as like a selling point to come audition for years Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess that's like whatever because that's how Dylan and Cole Sprouse, I believe, did it too. Like they went to like an audition for like a thing, and then I think they got the role in Big Daddy with Adam mm-hmm. Sandler, and then they just kind of went off from there. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of I mean it's interesting. I'm not gonna even call it weird. It's just interesting how that operates. Yeah. Um. Can also say Z Cannon is a uh, Max Theriot. Yeah, I was like, I've seen this man so many times, I forgot his name. Yeah, he's um, he's in so many fucking movies. Uh, Catch that kid, Nancy Drew. Yeah. Um, I never saw Nancy Drew actually. I actually really like that movie. Well, I'm not, I'm not even gonna say anything. <laughs> you don't uh don't. <laughs> Because don't do what I've done on the pod several times where I'm like, I like that movie, like Bionicle, and then we watch it. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember Maybe seeing, we'll cover Nancy Drew soon. I distinctly remember seeing the trailer for Nancy Drew in front of Shrek the Third mm-hmm. and saying to my mom, because I, I remember like 10-year-old me thought the trailer was bad. 
And I turned to my mom and I went, can we not see that movie? (laughs) And then I guess she kept her promise because we didn't see that movie. Um, He was also in Kit Kitteridge, an American girl. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. With Abigail Breslin, right? I didn't I didn't fucking see it, but um. Okay. I was an American girl stan. I had I had the doll that was Kit. <laughs> that was two thousand eight. Yeah, I was um I was watching superhero movies and Kung Fu Panda that year. I was not watching American Girl. Um let's see. Actually it's funny because I don't remember what me and Sean were talking about, but we were talking about my past as a Marvel fan, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, it's because there were, like, four movies. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like I've talked about it on the pod, but, like, I had, like, a Captain America um, poster on my wall. So I was also watching superhero movies back then. And you still are now. Um... Yeah, unhappily. <laughs> This is, I mean, I know I've gotten onto it on the pod so many times, but like, you guys know you can just like not watch them, right? Like, it's very possible to just not. I've go said see it them. so many times on the pod, but I like to eat my popcorn. I know, but even like the people on Twitter, it's like every fucking day, it's like, when will oh, it yeah, end? Oh, yeah, no, I agree. And then they log it on Letterboxd, yeah. like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Like, just don't mm-hmm. go see them. Yeah. Um, no, that being I said, I I did uh, have to pause the game uh, tonight well, for di- discar- disclosure. We were recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. um, but I had to pause the game tonight for that fucking Doctor Strange trailer because, boy howdy, you show me Patrick Stewart in one frame and I I gotta rewind that shit. Yeah, um, while I everyone's like... in the room is yelling at me to play the game. I like try so hard not to watch movie trailers. Um because I like love to um, see them in theaters for the first time and just be like emotionally manipulated into crying because it's like playing loud in a room in front of me. Um, So like I barely paid attention to any of the trailers that played tonight and like I didn't watch them online. So hopefully... No, it's really fucking good. Yeah, I only saw like a tiny bit of that trailer, but I'm hoping before... um, I can't it'll, even think of what the next movie that's coming out is. Batman? I don't know. It'll be before Batman. Yeah, out. definitely. Yeah. Universal's pushing that movie pretty hard. Um, yeah. So they filmed it in IMAX too, so that movie's gonna be. Uh, that's awesome. That's really fucking cool. Like a, I mean, I know like Jordan Peele's popular, but like, the idea that a non-superhero IP movie got to like shoot in IMAX is just like mm-hmm. cool. Like it's very cool. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. even like the Jurassic Park trailer, I was just like, wow. Movies. Yeah. Um, I'm um unfortunately really looking forward to that. I, <laughs> I haven't seen any of the new ones. Um I liked so. the I liked the first Jurassic World because it really is just a really solid Jurassic Park movie, like through and through. Um uh the second one, not so much. It's not very good. But I, I hate to be this person, but Chris Pratt, I really can't. <laughs> I don't like him personally, but I think his acting is more than serviceable in most movies. And he um he, he plays the role that he has to play, which is like a person who goes heel to the Velociraptor. <laughs> and I mean that's really all it is. Like it, <laughs> I, I can I can separate it just fine, but 
Um, Separating the art from the artist, the art in question, telling awesome. a velociraptor to heal. <laughs> yeah, like, I I don't know. I It's like, when people were like, I'm going to boycott it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but I don't know. I That's one where I, like, I'm not sure it'll be good, but I'm a weak man. You put Laura Dern back in a Jurassic Park movie and... <laughs> it's over it's game over <laughs> like it's it's mm-hmm. done i i three out of five already like i don't care i <laughs> at minimum um also i think jurassic world because they're bringing back the same director as the first one colin trevorrow mm-hmm. um yeah he he uh director. didn't he get fired from star wars because of book of henry <laughs> he did but his um script for that movie for episode nine got leaked and it's way fucking better than yeah. Rise of skywalker yeah it actually, like, I, I read had, a summary. <laughs> it actually like gave Rose an entire subplot. Uh, Finn became a hero to the rebellion. Like uh, Ray had an actual arc. Kylo had an actual arc. Luke had something to do. Leia, I mean, you know, R.I.P. Like everything about it was like amazing on paper, and then we got mm-hmm. Sidious again. But whatever. Um, sorry, the pacifier. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I like how we go on the tangents about like other movies uh, when we're talking about a 2005 movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're ever going to make a Disney Plus sequel to this movie? I could see it. Yeah, but not like uh, if they do it, it's not going to. It's going to be like um, they're cheaper by the dozens now or whatever. It's just be like a reboot. It's going to be like name. how they like remade the Tooth Fairy with like Larry the Cable Guy or whatever. Not Disney, but you know, like it wasn't even they, they, they didn't even remake it. They just did a second one. It's I hate when oh, they do yeah, that true. when they do Jingle all the way to and there's no connection to the first movie. I'm like, no, it's not the second movie. That's also Larry the Cable Guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Steelio movie. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I cannot think of a worse downgrade than like um and cheaper by the dozen from fucking steve martin to zach braff um yeah i really do not understand what they were aiming for with that the new one um just zach braff in general i don't like hate him i think he's like he's just like fine for the most part he's really good in scrubs um i've met him before oh cool yeah i don't know i mean he's like (laughs) I don't know. He's like fine. Like he's not like a bad person or anything. To my, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't know. Shouldn't speak on that before I know. But um, f- from what I get, people just don't like the fact that he's dating a hot girl, right? Um, I think also it's just like weird that he's like best friends with Joey King since she was like five years old, and how he just like directs like weird things i don't know i don't know who i don't know who that is and i don't know joey king yeah in the kissing booth and like that um the star of the kissing booth and the um the what's it called the gypsy rose hulu series from ramona and bezos ramona and bezos do you know who i'm talking about no <laughs> How do you not know who Joey King is? I don't know. I go outside. She like, played. She played. Is Ramona or Beezus Joey? I don't. I haven't seen any of these movies. The one that's not Selena Gomez. 
I didn't see Ramona and Beezus. I don't know. Can you know. please just look up a picture of oh Joey King? Oh my god. I... But she was like his muse when she was like a child, and it's very strange. But anyway. I don't whatever. know. I, I just. I'm not going to like project onto Zach Braff. Yeah, don't. Because <laughs> I that's what Twitter does all the time. Like, that's just know, yeah. like, with, like that. everybody. It's like, shut Did you up. see that? Um... Florence Pugh got the same glasses as me. Not these ones that I'm wearing now, but like my silver glasses. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can I just real quick? There's what? three Kissing Booth movies. There's three of them. Yeah, they just kind of appear. It's very strange. Buddy, how many booths can you build? There's you get <laughs> like how many? <laughs> it's the same poster three times too. That's kind of funny. Um. <laughs> I've only seen two movies that she's in, I believe. Crazy Stupid Love and The Conjuring. She's oh, yeah, in the she's dark... in those. She's good she's... in The Conjuring. She's in The Dark Knight Rises. I guess so. Wow, I do not know who this girl is, though. Interesting. Um... Oh, I'm, like, looking at Google Images right now. Um, Like, I've seen her face, I think. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay, I feel stupid now. You definitely brought up the Gypsy Rose show, and I I do remember I, I watched that actually. Um, <laughs> I've actually never seen it, and I, I I was meaning to watch it, and I didn't. I have a weird thing with that show, mm-hmm. and or that entire story, because mm-hmm. um, I remember I was like on Twitter the night that it was happening, and someone was like live tweeting it, and I remember like being in my room when like all of that was escalating. The like, show or the no, like girl the, getting the arrested? Thing, the girl getting arrested. Oh. Well, like, no, actually, it was, like, live tweeting because, like, when people thought it was the boyfriend mm-hmm. or, like, uh, someone killed, uh, someone, like, hacked onto their Facebook or whatever. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, an awareness tweet that's saying the sweet mother uh, got hacked or something or this, like, sweet girl got hacked or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're posting all this shit. And... Yeah, I just, like, I remember, like, following it in real time. I think it was, like, throughout days, too. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, like, a while before she got, like, caught, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I remember, like, actually, like, following that entire thing in real time. So that's why I made an effort to watch the show, because I was, like, kind of scarred by it, almost. Because, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm always interested in, like, true crime. Not to, like, a weird level, like most people are, but, like... If it's happening, like I'm, I'm always interested in reading about it, and like, uh, that's one thing that just like unsettled me just to like watch it on play. Yeah, the weirdest thing is like when you're like watching something happen in real time. Yeah, man. It's like weird. the internet is so weird. Internet's very weird. Um, do you think maybe that's why we like to talk about movies like The Pacifier? Uh, not pre-internet movies, but, like, movies before, like, social media. Mm-hmm. Like, that little, like, sub area where you had to kind of go to a library to go on YouTube. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, like, Greta Gerwig said it when she was talking about Lady Bird one time, but it's, like, because the movie was set in, like, 2001 or 2002, she, like, didn't have to, like, write, like, cell phones into a movie and, yeah. like, that's so true that, um, like, I feel like in so many movies, it's just, like, well, they could have easily texted them. Yeah. And, it, like, people who are, like, cinema sins are just, like, nitpicking about that. Yeah. Or, like, us when we're, like, bored watching a movie. I, but um, it's, I like, s- if, like, 
you can make like conflict happen and like tension happen because there are no cell phones or internet um i was watching your favorite movie last night marry me and mm-hmm. i uh, I, love that movie. I thought it was the dumbest piece of shit i've ever seen right, um anyways. but if that being said i thought it was kind of amusing that like they just have to make him quirky because he has a flip phone in 2022 he has a flip phone um like my best work friend has a flip phone like what if what if it did, what if like what if you have to text your daughter guy like i don't know like it just <laughs> he said he said in the movie and i quote i can text slowly just slowly yeah like so stupid like i don't know like <laughs> can i just review that movie really quick that yeah, movie sure. they have no chemistry they have absolute they have negative chemistry i'm sorry they have, did you not like, see the camelot scene <laughs> no i think i turned it off by that point but like it was stupid like okay. every everything about it like jennifer lopez cannot act uh yes, owen wilson can. looks very tired throughout the entire movie they He's both look, look tired you're just defending this piece of shit i am i am defending <laughs> marry me i think it's a great movie i they thought no it was so, so it was so refreshing to watch that movie it's so refreshing to see two people uh get a paycheck and like not have any interest in one another and then kiss and i don't know i I just i i i don't know i i'm a sucker for rom-coms but that for me at least was not it uh because i don't know i guy who's only seen when harry met sally why isn't it like when harry met sally like we need more when harry met sally's So have you watched Notting Hill yet? No. Um, <laughs> uh, also, I, I, it also like to like NBC propaganda at the end with fucking Jimmy Fallon and like I don't know. It's like many I, people have said it, but Jimmy Fallon is literally the villain of the movie. Who's many? Is there like a secret cult of Marry Me? No, uh, like I've seen multiple people tweet it and review it on Letterboxd, and multiple friends say it as well. He's only one scene, right? Uh, he's been like I mean he is literally in one scene but him on the TV like four times throughout it is like causing tension oh, right. in he does, like, life he does make like a joke like earlier right when yeah. the whole thing happened right the um, best was like when he was in it at the end Sean and I were just like watching his face and his reactions the whole time and it was hilarious he's like doing his like little reaction shots he's like gasping or like yeah. eyebrow acting um yeah i don't know I, I maybe i'm like overreacting it's not like terrible it's just like um i fell asleep during a little bit of it but it's only so did i, was... I and what uh, girl like... <laughs> no i was awake but you know when you're like half like dozing kind of like i was watching it and then the part when sarah silverman like shoots the fire extinguisher came up i literally jumped so much at the fire extinguisher sean was like are you okay and I was like, I literally started dozing for like half a second. And then I literally felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Why is she still in movies? Yeah. That, that's my big question. Um, there's a lot of people in that movie that I It was like, just, okay. Still being cast and things. Listen. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't rate the movie just because I was like, I don't really have, and this was my letterbox review, I don't really have any like criticisms 
Like, literally, I was just, like, brain empty. I enjoyed watching this. That was my, like, that's my whole reaction to this movie. I'm glad you got what you wanted from it, genuinely. I, uh, I, I don't know. I saw it on Peacock, and I dozed off a little bit in the middle of the ending, but... Um, it was really fun seeing it in like a prime theater. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck is it playing in prime? Like, because it was loud and fun. I don't know. There's like other movies, but I don't know. Whatever. So, I, I I don't know. Hopefully, there's a good rom com at some point this year. That's not. I'm enough, looking like, forward to the. Is it called the Lost City? What's that called? Yeah, right. Uh, the only yeah. reason I don't call that a rom com is because I don't know if there's supposed to be romantic interest in that movie or not. Okay. Um, but, like, seeing that trailer before watching Marry Me, I was like, Sandra Bullock is in a romantic comedy in 2022. Yeah. So is Brad Pitt. So is Channing Tatum. And I'm about to watch a romantic comedy with J-Lo and Owen Wilson in it. Just the concept of that altogether is refreshing to me. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic. Maybe I'm, like, regressing. We're getting nostalgic for bad movies is the entire... Uh concept of this podcast did i say bad movies i'm just saying like the general vibe like literally i was, am i'm saying bad <laughs> there was one shot of j-lo and ben affleck at the super bowl today and i was like cool um although i do think the lost city looks like really funny um mm-hmm. i i want to see that one it's um, a very interesting plot and it's it seems very funny there's there's a lot of like good actors in that movie like good comedic like comedy central actors who have never gotten their due also like um, i was saying while sean and i were watching that trailer the other day like i'm so glad that daniel radcliffe like surpassed harry potter because he's like incredible like short king He's so funny and so talented. I've seen him in a musical before, and he's, like, insanely talented. That one movie he did, uh, What If, with, um, what's her fucking name? Zoe something? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Kazan. Is that it? Kazan? Is that her? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Paul Dano's wife? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, No disrespect to her, I just didn't remember her name. Um, No, I loved that movie, and I thought, you want to talk about a rom-com that I did like, and where I actually bought the whole thing uh that it's a little too on the nose of points but i thought it was charming i love that movie um yeah have you seen that no oh kira you would love that movie that is probably rom-com with daniel radcliffe like and it's super funny and actually like very well shot too um i've seen it several times like at least four times and i i love it every time i watch it Mm-hmm. kind of a comfort movie i wish it was streaming somewhere because i would watch it all the time if it was um but no i that's my recommendation to kira if i will if you watch that movie i will watch donning hill all right bet cool great we're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors thanks guys friends and familia do you love movies are you a member of the movies by yourself club are you mentally in a nora efron film sounds like supriyaki is the place for you the team at supriyaki loves movies so much so that they've dedicated every waking moment of their lives to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them 
From super soft t-shirts to cozy, comfy sweatshirts, Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all of their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks. They ship with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. This month, be sure to check out a new collection celebrating La Familia, the Fast and Furious franchise. You already know that we'll be celebrating along with them. Also coming this month, a collection celebrating everybody's favorite Instagram chef, Florence Pugh. Keep an eye out in March for the March Madness collection, highlighting perennial favorite Mads Mikkelsen and much more. Follow their socials to stay up to date on new designs and drops. And as a special gift to you listeners, you can save 10% on your order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all capital letters with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies. Um, so the pacifier. <laughs> um, is there anything else that we missed that's the canon about this movie? Because I feel like there probably is something. Um, I told you he has boobs. <laughs> They're not boobs. <laughs> I think that is very funny. I, I love how he seems like so offended um, when she says it. Also, he comes downstairs and there's like fucking like Girl Scouts at the kitchen table and they're like laughing at him. And he has to like cover up his boobs. And then you just hear a little girl that goes, I told you he has boobs. Like, like I I want him in more comedies. He's good. He's yeah. really good. Um, I'm trying to think of like another movie, like, like a movie that I would put him in that already exists. Like I would recast it with Vin Diesel in the role. Um, I feel like he would be really good because I feel like something that Ben Affleck's doing really good of right now with those like post Batman movies mm-hmm. is he's doing those like grizzled like character focused movies. Like, um, there's a movie he did last no two years ago, whenever COVID happened, um, mm-hmm. for, uh, the way back where he plays like that alcoholic basketball coach. Yeah, uh, he's phenomenal in that movie and it's a very good movie too um i could see vin diesel doing something on those lines where it's like you know grizzled older guy you know kind of character study because you know he 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 comes to play like um even like voice acting wise he was the iron giant like he He is great He's Groot. <laughs> he's his paycheck of all time. Um, uh, he was also one of the weirdest things ever was that um, Ang Lee movie, Billy Lynn. Um, oh yeah. He was uh, the kid, Billy Lynn's uh, uh, sergeant in that movie, in the army. Um, and I remember. I see him as like a romantic comedy lead, personally. Not to go back to romantic comedy. Every time like... we like an actor in a movie, Kira would be like, "I want to see him in a rom com." Well, I want to see him in a musical more, but because he has good charisma, like he can do more, you know. Yeah, no, I think in a rom-com, he would be like, that's why like, I'm, I'm, I guess like in terms of like sincerity, that's why I'm like imagining like a, the way back or like a kind of a Sundance drama or something like where he's like an older figure to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like even think about like boyhood, like him like an Ethan Hawke's role or something, right? Mm-hmm. Where 
he's just like a dad or like a just like just a guy right Mm -hmm. because i feel like he i love the fast and furious movies obviously and i i even like triple x i i liked his dungeons and dragons movie he did like he's done a lot of really good stuff or not well stuff that i like i should say um but like oh my god what i forgot he's gonna be in the avatar sequels see people keep saying that but it's not confirmed (laughs) it's not confirmed (laughs) Like, don't get my hopes up until it happens. I don't think those movies existed. I really had a feeling. Dude, they've, like, they're shooting I was like, four right now. I know. I was like, are they going to, like, drop a preview tonight during the Super Bowl? No. No, I think. No. I, I, you know what I think is going to happen with that trailer? What? I think they're going to make an in-theater event out of just the trailer. True. Remember how they did with Dune? They were, like, showing the trailer at a screening. Um. Like they're gonna do the same thing, but they're gonna like they're gonna show you the 3D at the screening. Because mm-hmm. did you hear the rumor about this movie um, that James Cameron and this was like a few years ago, so they they could have scrapped this idea, but they wanted to try 3D without glasses. Yeah, wasn't and, he trying to develop like a TV? Yeah, well, that's why again he's James Cameron has developed a lot of things that didn't pan out, which and like, I think like. All respect to him because he's an innovator. He does, you know, yeah. you gotta scrap ideas. That's cool. Honestly, it's kind of like a flex to like. This sounds very like, like reductive of him and his yeah. work, but it's pretty cool that he just like will make a movie, just because he feels like inventing something. Well, yeah. I feel like, like he only makes movies if there's like new technology involved. But that being said, you know, like it's kind of a flex every he only makes a few movies like every 10 like he made titanic so that he could like go on a dive in a submarine but every time he makes a movie it makes a billion dollars like not only does it make a billion dollars but it like single-handedly shapes the film industry for the next 10 years too like avatar is single-handedly responsible for uh motion capture 3d etc like that's something that's still being felt today so like if they and actually also, pull off like like half that, of Animal Kingdom, yeah, like yeah, like it, it, they've shaped Disney adults and cinema goers alike. Like yeah. it's it's unreal. I um, remember as a child, like being at like a New Year's Eve party in like the kids' room, and there was like a debate going on amongst like the like teenagers about how Avatar was just Pocahontas. Um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's such an old, like, debate, obviously. Like, Dances mm-hmm. with Wolves, Fern Gully, Pocahontas. Like, very, like, you've heard the comparisons, like, a hundred times. But, um, and, like, yeah, sure, like, that. some of those criticisms stick. But, like, that movie, I've rewatched it semi-recently on Disney+. Plus. Um, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Disney. Yeah, the movie we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> um, no, I thought you meant, like, Pocahontas. Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen Pocahontas. I was just talking about that at work the other day. Pocahontas. I haven't seen that movie since, like... I know it's, like, problematic or whatever, but... I like I... the best music out of, like, any. Yeah, but it, it doesn't have, like, cultural sensitivity. Like, it's kind of, like, weird in that regard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it since I was, like, five, so I don't know. Um, I just, like, read Twitter stuff about it, but... Uh, <laughs> which is where you consume all information. Um, but, uh, that being said, Avatar, it's not a great movie per se, but as far as like an experience goes, you can't deny 
like how fucking cool it is like it's it's mm-hmm. a rad original like i mean you could say like yeah it borrows or is familiar thematically to other movies but like the world building the character designs the technology the just like there's a fucking language from that movie yeah. like there's like there's lore and it's that's cool to me you know what i mean Trust like that's me, cool i know <laughs> my boyfriend is obsessed uh, with avatar I know. Um, is he learning the Navi alphabet yet? No. Thank God. Um, shout out to anyone listening to this that also watches the show How To with John Wilson on HBO. It's one of the best shows on the air right now. Um, but one of the last episodes this past season um, was, because every episode it's like a different, it's like a documentary each episode. It's not a different mm-hmm. subject, right? About New York City. And one of the, <laughs> one of the last um episodes of the season was him documenting an avatar fan group and oh. they all know the navi alphabet they speak in navi they have like tails well, and like they have shirts and the thing i love about that show is like it never goes into territory of making fun of the subjects it's mm-hmm. always like very sincere and it's like a that episode's a beautiful like it just like it ends on a beautiful note of like Oh, you can kind of find happiness and community anywhere, even if it's like from a 2009 movie that like no one's talked about, even though it one made of, a million dollars. One of my favorite YouTube videos ever is um, a clip from I think it's Good Morning America, like right before the Oscars in 2009 or 2010, whenever it was like nominated, mm-hmm. and um, it was like a special report on like people learning like the navi language Mm -hmm. and it was just like some random guys like sitting in a room like speaking to each other in navi and then it was like there were like chat rooms and it's like they're like we all speak different languages but our common language is navi (laughs) and then they were like trying to like teach the newscaster it's very it's very funny yeah it's my favorite video ever I can't deny either, though. Like, I, back in 2009, like, I was very Avatar-pilled as, like, an 11-year-old or 12-year-old or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I had an Avatar shirt after it came out. Like, I I saw it in theaters, you know. That I was one of my first movies I saw, like, without parents. I guess that's the movie we should cover, because that is Millennial Canon. Yeah, right? unfortunately. I was just thinking about that we're probably going to cover it in December. Why unfortunately? Because Sean's going to be on <laughs> We can't do it without Sean. What you know he's listening. Like you can hear this, right? Like, no, he's not. <laughs> Sean, if you're listening, I would love to have you on the Avatar episode. Just like I'm gonna have you on for the hangover episode one day. Um both things that will happen <laughs> under my watch. Um I would love to have Sean on the pod. I just don't want to watch Avatar again. I just know that I'll have to before the new one comes out. Though, well, you'll so. watch Marry Me, but not Avatar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Girl likes bad movie, doesn't like good movie. Um, okay, whatever. I can't wait to watch Avatar again one day. Um, I'm hoping the new one actually comes out this year because it's been a long time coming. I think it was originally supposed to come out in 2014, which is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah, I love those tweets that are like, and the one for like Wicked too, like the Twitter Wicked, account yeah. that's just like 
Wasn't that 2015, I believe? Yeah. That was, like, the original date for it. It's, yeah. like, happy anniversary to when <laughs> Wicked was supposed to come out. Yeah. Um, I feel I... like we would have been on, like, the third Avatar movie by now. Yeah, I, 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 you can blame the Disney acquisition for all of it, but that's not the case because it was already in production before Disney bought Fox, just for context. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so funny to me. The only thing I can justify with all these delays is that they truly are doing the 3D without glasses thing. And he mm-hmm. is, because the entire article that I read kind of broke down to say, like, yes, it is possible to do this, but you have to, like, literally dissect, not just, like, analyze, but dissect every frame of the movie. Mm-hmm to make it identical. Then you have to test it in a theater to make sure that it's actually working and then strain it together. <laughs> it's kind of like stop motion in that way, but 20 times harder. Also, so the like, only thing I could justify is that he has been doing that for the past seven, eight years. And therefore it will finally be ready this year. I have to wonder too, like there has to be something with like the projectors too, right? Like I guess going back to like, Billy Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, whatever it's called. Right. The whole thing with like when it was in a different frame rate. Oh right. Um, it was only showing in certain theaters. Yes, and and... the Hobbit too. I remember when that was happening. Yeah. Every time I think of like premium format like movies or something, I just think of my local AMC that like has not cleaned their bathrooms in like five years. Yeah, it's like they like broke their Dolby speakers after like getting a Dolby theater. Like yeah, the the theater I was in for Death on the Nile the other day, the the the, the speakers were definitely blown out, and the the theater I was at definitely did not know, because uh, there were just scenes where like every time it was weird, like every time someone was talking from like a balcony or from the side, mm-hmm. like a character coming into frame was talking, it felt like very echoey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so you blow out your back speakers. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, Billy Lynn, that was a weird one where it was like a Jim, J- uh, Jiminy man, Gemini man. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that one, I remember. I used same to think that, Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think that Billy Lynn's halftime walk was Billy Flynn's long halftime walk. And I was like, like Chicago. I um, yeah. Richard I've, never, I've never seen Chicago, by the way. What the fuck? I, <laughs> I think you would canon? like it a lot. Yeah, well, I, absolutely. I rented it from the library like several times as a kid, and I just never actually watched it. I don't think against it. I just one of those. Blind I think spots. you'd like it. I'm sure I would. I like musicals most of the time. Yeah. Um, except for Moulin Rouge, apparently. Probably uh-huh. one of the best edited movies I've seen. I uh, pick it one week and I'll watch it. Sure. Um, but yeah, Avatar was like I remember that movie because there's a theater that I usually went to when mm-hmm. I went to go see movies in 2009, it was like this regal theater that I literally lived across the street from back then. Um, and we went, I remember me and my mom from like 2008 to 2010, I think 11, maybe mm-hmm. uh, we went to every, uh, we went to a movie every Sunday there. Cause they had a $5 Sunday, uh, which was great for us. Um, and I remember we couldn't see avatar there because they didn't have a projector strong enough for 3d. And Avatar is what, you know, made them buy a 3D projector uh, eventually. But I remember that's why we had to go to, like, AMC for the first time in, like, five years that year. Uh, I'm over-exaggerating that. But, like, it was the first time in, like, at least a year or two uh, that we had to go to, like, an AMC just to see a movie in 3D. Um, But, 
no, I remember because we did a few others that year. We did like Christmas Carol and uh, I think Up was that year too. Mm-hmm. Um, what a stacked year. 2009, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've untapped that year a little bit. Like that's, that's there's a lot that year that we haven't even dived into yet. And that's like a prime zillennial year, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. There's a Fast and Furious movie that year. There's an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie that year. Princess and the Frog was that year. I am shocked that we have not covered Alvin and the Chipmunks yet. Um, I not to spoil it, but I was kind of planning on it for this Christmas. Um, not for our Christmas episode, <laughs> but I know we were planning on doing more than one Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And that is, I, I cannot get any older than 25 and watch that movie. So we got to do it this year. <laughs> like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta do it. Um, God, yeah, that's that's a bad movie from what I remember. Um, really, I remember it being really good. Who's right? Tune in this December to find out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have any other thoughts on this movie. I guess going oh, off of like going off like Avatar, like I feel like watching um like watching the pacifier on my TV, like it looked like weirdly cinematic. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like family films like don't look cinematic anymore. Well no, because most of them are like streaming movies now. And like True. Like, like, when was the last time, and I could easily just, like, there could be one last week that I forgot about, but, like, what was the last live-action family movie that was theatrical? I don't remember. I'm genuinely asking. I don't remember. Like, cause uh-huh. I know, like, all the ones that go to theaters are, like, that, like aren't two. Marvel. Well, no, but I mean, like, actual yeah. family, like family movies. movies. Like, like, PG movies. Huh. That are not animated. True. And I genuinely don't know the answer to that. Like, the last one that I remember, but this doesn't even really count because it was such a dead time at theaters, was The War mm-hmm. with Grandpa. <laughs> the the fucking De Niro movie. Yeah. But that was because literally nothing was coming out during COVID. Uh, it, it was that in Tenet, I remember distinctly. I, I went to my local theater and it was Tenet and I went to go see Tenet in the IMAX theater and the only like there's three trailers that played because that was all they had and one mm-hmm. of them in the IMAX theater was the war with grandpa and it was it was a drastic tonal shift from a Christopher Nolan movie um yeah I'm looking at 2021 movies and there's none <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying like there's nothing um at least that no, I like saw or that I remember uh well I just gave you one but um the War Let with me, Grandpa. Yeah, War with Grandpa. Yeah. Um, Sonic kind of counts, maybe. I mean, it was... It's like half animation, but like... It's like extremely bleak to me that like Sonic was like one of the last things I saw in the movie theaters before COVID, and now there's another Sonic coming out. I kind of hate it. I kind of love it. Sonic was kind of epic. Um, I, I love that little guy. When he goes to like Olive Garden... And he like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, th- I just think he's cool. Um, I don't know. There's a Dora the Explorer movie. Um, that. Oh yeah. Front of the there pod. There was still Adam, a poster. Adam Donato made me watch that movie, and I 
did not like it, but it was it wasn't bad. It was just like there was like still a, a poster for that movie at a bus stop near my house, like up until like last week. <laughs> um, the last one I'm looking at, and I guess this kind of I mean it, it counts. Um, as the last like big budget one was Mary Poppins Returns, but like oh yeah, well, that, is that a was the movie, end of right? 2019, right? 18. Really? Because I remember it was the same Christmas as Aquaman. And I, like, literally had to go see it at the one showtime that it was playing mm-hmm. in Dolby. Because Aquaman was at, like, every other showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I had to go see it, like, at 10 a.m. Because, like, 1 through 10 p.m. Uh, was uh, uh, Aquaman. So I had to go see it at 10 a.m. that day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good movie. I liked it a lot. I recently, like, rewatched the original Mary Poppins. And I loved it. Classic. Classic. Um, yeah, it's kind of bleak as far as live action family content goes. And I can't tell you if I've watched anything really streaming related. Uh, I mean, I saw the new Home Alone and I like really shouldn't have. That's like that's like the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. That was like the poster child for like why IP movies are like bad, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, um, I watched a video essay today about um the whole like rise and fall of the National Lampoon's brand and how they just like literally um stopped making movies themselves and they would like it's kind of a crazy story they licensed their own name to any movie that asked for it mm-hmm. like they didn't even review it they didn't watch it people sent them screeners and they refused and they said yeah give us like a hundred dollars and you can put it on your title which I find insane to me and like. I, the same thing, like, kind of, that's how that movie felt, Home Alone. Uh, Home mm-hmm. Sweet Home Alone, I think it's called. Like, it didn't feel like a Home Alone movie. It felt like a movie that someone made, and then they licensed the title Home Alone and put it on there. Uh, that is, like, the that was the worst movie I saw last year. Um, it was Yeah, same. And I, I watched the movie from the girl from Red Scare. <laughs> um, the Jeffrey Epstein movie. I did not watch that. Um, and Home Alone was worse, somehow. I, uh... I, I didn't watch that, but I did watch Succession, which had her in every episode. So uh, that was that was an experience. But you know what? I think this is just a message to Hollywood: make another Pacifier movie, but don't don't. I got two caveats to that. Don't send it to streaming, and bring back Vin Diesel. That's it. Otherwise, do whatever you want. Dear Hollywood. No, this just made me realize, like, so I feel like when people are, like, writing things, like, writing, like, screenplays, they always have, like, huge, like, dream people that they want to cast. But I feel like I want to always, like, cast, like, the most random people. Like, I want to specifically write a role for Vin Diesel, but that is just, like, so against, like, genre for him. Like, I'm going to go do that. Like, this was inspiring to me. Have you seen, me. like, an interview with him? Because he's, like, a goofy guy in real life. No, I know. Do you think... I think the issue is not an issue. I think the reasoning behind his career is that he produces a lot of his own stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Me like he fast. But, like, uh, I, I still would like... Because I thought... I think he got really discouraged after Billy Lynn bombed, mm-hmm. both financially and, like, critically, right? Because he, he gives a very good performance in that movie for the little bit of screen time he has. Um, he's kind of like the guy that Billy remembers from his time in the war. So there's, like, a lot of, like, 
heartfelt flashbacks to him. Mm-hmm. And he really goes for it in that. And I think he genuinely got discouraged. Kind of like the Will Smith effect, where mm-hmm. it's like Will Smith did a lot of really good performances in like mediocre movies. And he kind of got discouraged and just started doing shit again. Until mm-hmm. this year, he finally did King Richard, which was great. I gotta um, watch that. It's really fucking good. Um, and he deserves that Oscar this year. Like, he was fucking phenomenal in that movie. Um, so I genuinely think, I mean, I don't know if it's as much of a priority to um, Vin Diesel as as it clearly was to Will Smith to get an Oscar nomination. But I think I, Vin Diesel could easily win an Oscar. I, if he plays his cards right and someone writes a good role for him, yeah, absolutely. God, like, imagine, like... I, they have two very different careers, obviously, but I'm just imagining Vin Diesel in, like, Bradley Cooper's role in Nightmare Alley. He could do that. He could do that. Yeah, no. He, he could he, easily do that. Two movies I recommend to Kira and to the listeners um, where you'll be like, what, at first? But then I, I recommend them because he gives great performances in these movies, even though it might not seem like it. Um, the first Riddick movie... Uh, that's like a movie that he produced in like finance on his own. And it was like mm-hmm. an original IP movie that he's still trying to make sequels for today. Like we get a sequel to that, like every 10 years and it's fucking cool. Every time we do, um, it's like a character that he made, he, and he performs to his, and he gives a great performance in the first, it's called pitch black. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking cool. It's a great movie, great performance, great character, great everything. Uh, definitely, it's a Z Cannon movie too. I feel like it was very early 2000 sci-fi, but I loved it. Um, and the sequels are good too. Uh, and also Boiler Room. That's one of his very early performances, but it's a it's a dramatic, tense performance, and um, it, it once again just shows that he's has legitimate range, like really, really solid range. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like even in the Fast movies, there are a lot of great scenes like that. I always think back, I don't know why, but the scene I think back to is the scene in the first Fast and Furious movie where Mm -hmm. he finds out that Brian's a cop and he's calling 911 for help. And then Vin is just like staring at him and you see the restraint because he knows his friend needs help. Mm -hmm. And he's letting Brian finish the phone call. But you can see that he wants to like strangle Paul Walker in that scene. There's like so many, and he's like when he's talking about his dad in in the garage in that one scene. Like, so many great moments where he just, like, in even the fucking pacifier, there's, like, great moments in this movie where he's truly, truly acting. Um, this is just, this episode's a love letter to Vin Diesel. I yeah. adore the man. I, I I show up to every movie that he's in. I I love him genuinely. Like, I know people like to like him as a joke. And, but I, I genuinely love him. And... If he ever wins the Oscar one day, I will cry. I will cry. Um, even if he gets nominated for one, that would be fucking cool. Like, to see yeah. him at the Oscars would be cool. He's going to be like, thank you to the family. I couldn't have done it without you. Have you been on his, like, comment section on Instagram? Yeah. Which is, it's all fam- family, family, familia. <laughs> like, um, it's the most wholesome place on the entire internet. He really is. Literally, like the most wholesome thing ever is um when he'll like like paul walker's daughter's pictures he was um her uh he walked her down the aisle at her wedding i know it's so cute yeah Yeah. makes me cry dude yeah um so 
I don't know. Is that it? I don't, I don't really. I think we kind of, unless there's something else to say about the pacifier, I don't really know. Um, looking at my notes. No, I don't really have anything else to say other we than I kind of, I kind of want to repeat it. No freestyling in the ball pool. Um, oh, we didn't talk about Brad Garrett's little scene they, where they drop the line, and this is the pacifier, and he puts yeah. the thumb in his mouth. <laughs> um, That's a great way to pull like a title for a movie. Just uh, have it randomly dropped, in like yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw a re- I saw a movie recently, and I can't remember what, where they do the they do it, but like in a bad way, where I didn't like the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I saw this today, I was like, oh, that's good. That's I like that. <laughs> so I guess my the moral of this episode is, uh, if you want to make a movie, look no further than the pacifier, and uh, <laughs> anything you want inspiration for can be found in this movie because it's exactly um, it's text. It made me want to write something for Vin Diesel. Like, legitimately, genuinely, like, yeah. And that's a very high compliment, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, we need him. We need him in another movie soon. Um, Because, hey, I mean, Fast 11 is the last one. So, like, he's going to have a lot of free time on his hands. Yeah. Like, two years. Um, I, like, recently found out that he has kids. Oh, yeah, he has, like, a lot of kids. He's Like, five. Oh, I thought, like, okay. Imagine yeah, still being your dad. Um, I'll cry like in a good way. Like I, <laughs> I like, can you imagine him like hugging you and be like, "It's okay." Like, oh, or dude. like yelling at you. <laughs> I'd be so scared. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he would yell at his kids. He'd just be like, "I'm very oh. disappointed." Yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> but that would hurt you deeper. Yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to hurt you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I get, That's my goal one day, to have him on the pod, I think. I want to have mm-hmm. him come on the pod and discuss. Uh, I feel like when he's, like, done with Fast and Furious, he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... Actually, I think I need to interview him one day. And I feel like the way that I keep getting film things thrown at me, that's a tangible thing. And I need to like get on that so I can actually show him all the the merchandise you've gotten me for my birthday over the years. And I can uh, tell him how much fast means to me. <laughs> um, God. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I love Vin Diesel. And Hold on. Really quick. I thought he was. I thought he was short. No, you. We go over this like every time we talk about one of his movies. He's just really short compared to The Rock. Yes, we yeah. we literally had an hour long conversation about this during Fast Five. Got it. I, <laughs> um, which by the way, you still have to finish the other Fast movies. I really do. Yeah. Um, but but hey, Fast tends around the corner, so uh, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Uh oh yeah, Jason fucking Momoa in the new one. Hell yeah! I, I didn't even know about that. I'm, I'm already the, like I'm so like, oh uh, like, if someone's have sex that night, I'm sorry. I like cancel those plans. <laughs> like I want to watch Fast Ten, dude. I, I <laughs> um, 
So, uh, with that being said, uh, you can find me not having sex and also on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler um, and on my other podcast, Aggressive OK, where we are doing uh, episodes on the on the weekly. So, check that out. Nice. You can follow me at Garlic Emoji. You can follow us at Zillennial Canon uh, on Twitter on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. And yeah. Yeah. Vin Diesel, if you're listening, uh, we love you and we're rooting for you. And you're welcome on the pod anytime. Yeah. I know you're listening, so if you if you're a little uh mic shy, don't worry. I am too. Kira talks me through it before we start recording every day. It's fine. We'll help you I can't it. even I can't even imagine like like listening back to the podcast in garage band and like hearing him next to like my shitty voice <laughs> has he ever I, I gotta research this later but uh, we gotta wrap up the pod but i'm gonna look up after we're done if he's been on a podcast before does he know what a podcast is no <laughs> but if he has been on one he, it was like without consent like he was like recorded <laughs> like in an alley or at a bar um but <laughs> all right guys Bye. Bye. <laughs>